Thanks for tuning into this week's Stacker Chat. Stacks is smart contracts for Bitcoin, and I'm joined by Muni Bali, Stacks founder, with your weekly updates. So to jump right into it, Chris Berninski recently shared a very interesting graph. Um, it basically showed developer interests as compared to network value. And so we can link to that graph below in the resources, but can you summarize sort of the takeaway and opportunity ahead for Stacks? Yeah, I think I think that was a very interesting graph uh, when I saw it. So basically, what it does is uh, it's trying to measure uh, developer interests, and I think the, the proxy that they're using for developer interests is just GitHub stars. So on GitHub, you know, if a developer is interested in a project, they can basically start it. It's kind of like a follow, like they, they can keep uh, you know updated on it, and or they're kind of like liking the project. So he's using GitHub stars as a proxy for interest from developers um, and plotting that against both the circulating uh, market cap and the fully diluted uh, uh, market cap. So the projects that are on the left side basically have uh, the ratio where, you know, the GitHub stars are very high and the market cap is very low. And uh, not surprising enough, I think uh, Stacks basically ends up on the extreme end on, uh, on the left side, meaning that I think the takeaway from the graph is that a lot of developers are interested in uh, what's happening uh, uh, with stacks, like you know, smart smart contracts for Bitcoin. So many uh, new kind of like infrastructure and tools being built, and it's a very kind of like engineering and uh, developer driven culture as well. Like there are a lot of builders in in this industry, uh, in in this ecosystem, and um, we are kind of like you know not very heavy on like marketing and hyping things up and, and stuff like that. So I think that graph is kind of like a perfect snapshot of this thing, but digging a little bit deeper into it, uh, I don't think the Stacks project wants to remain uh, in that state where, hey, only kind of like, you know, developers know about it and, and not the, the mainstream folks. So I do think uh, part of like, you know, my focus these days is, uh, you know, writing in-depth content that is um, easily accessible to a much broader audience. And same thing with Trust Machines, at least, which is one of the entities in, in the ecosystem. We're, we're trying to, you know, get people like Aubrey to come in and join and help kind of like simplify our messaging so the the the, the narrative can actually appeal to a much, much broader audience. Uh, so I do think that like that graph kind of like signifies that there's a lot of value being built here. Uh, but, you know, it's not recognized by the broader crypto industry, which I think is pretty, pretty spot on for, uh, for this point in time uh, right now. Great, thank you. And as you were mentioning, you know, there's a lot of builders here. There's been a ton of exciting news lately. You know, last week we saw the Stacks Ventures announce their second cohort of companies. Um, XUSD came online on Alex. Um, we've also seen a number of upgrades in the various NFT marketplaces, which is really exciting. Um, but this is all amid a sort of a more bearish looking landscape. And so how are you feeling for sort of builders and momentum more generally? Yeah, so I think I've, I've seen a bunch of bear markets, like probably three of them, right? So uh, as far as, you know, I am personally concerned or or as far as like us machines or hero, the company around the, the chair of the board is concerned, like we basically made sure that, that we have enough capital 
for the many years to come, right? So I think the number one thing in, in crypto as far as, as my mental models go is that uh, you need to be there for the long term, right? So you're focused on the long term. These are volatile markets. Things are going to go up. Things are going to come down. Um, but people who are really driven by the mission more than anything else, like those are the type of people you want to attract. And then you just want to make sure that you have enough capital to survive for years to come, because this is really, really a long game, right? Like these technologies um, take take a take a time to build. Like different building blocks uh, need to be present, and then you know the entire industry hasn't gone mainstream yet, right? Like it might seem like you know there has been a lot of growth, but we haven't gone mainstream at all, right? Like there are uh, at best, I would say hundreds of thousands of users were really, really active. Like if you look at, you know, the trading volume on an NFT marketplace or something, it's like hundreds of thousands of users would be like really active on a, on a daily basis. And then there's a long tail, like millions of people who have had some exposure to crypto, like they've bought Bitcoin or Ethereum at some point and it's like sitting, sitting in their wallet. But it's definitely not like, you know, 100 million users or 500 million users or a billion users. So the bulk of the uh, internet users, they haven't really experienced crypto. They haven't really uh, have become users on a on a daily level, right? So you you need to make sure that your project actually survives uh, long enough. So that when real real kind of like you know traction and, and real adoption happens, you're you're kind of like there. So that that's like the first thing. The second thing is that I, I do think it matters like what type of talent you're uh, you're attracting. Like, for example, if your project was like putting out a lot of incentives, which is really money at the free money at the table that, hey, come and kind of collect this money. Uh, what you'll notice is that during a bear market, those projects actually take like a bigger hit because these are mercenaries. They came in for the money and the money dried up. You know, they're going to pack up and leave. Right. Whereas if you're attracting people who are driven by the mission who really believe in something. And I think Bitcoin actually scores very high there. And I think Stacks actually scores very high there as well. Bitcoin is really like a grassroots movement. And the reason why Bitcoin survives uh, is because, you know, it is it is a mission that people feel very passionate about, that we want to build the best form of money. And, and, and Bitcoin is the most decentralized, the most secure chain out there. And it's mostly because of how, how grassroots driven it is. Uh, and, and similarly, I think if you look at, at stacks that we want to take the best form of money out there, a trillion dollars of Bitcoin capital, make it productive, let developers come in and build all sorts of tools on top. Like that is something a lot of people can get behind. If you can, if you really believe in the idea and, and you want to start a business, you have a startup, you raise some amount of capital, uh, then you need to just learn to kind of like ignore the noise, right? And ignore the volatility in the market because you're operating in a potentially very, very large market. Uh, with a lot of opportunities and you have the resources to kind of like keep your heads down and, and keep working towards it, right? So I think I think that's that's how I typically uh, uh, see bear markets and we have, we, have, we have survived enough of them before and we are very well prepared uh, for, for a uh, potential crypto winter. If anything, I think um, uh, crypto winters are the best time to build some, some of the products because just the amount of noise in the ecosystem just goes down. And generally in the industry, there's much less noise. People who kind of like stick around, they're the true believers and, and you want to interact with them. You want to build interesting things with them and then just wait for kind of like the next cycle uh, where, you know, again, a ton of like wave of interest comes in, both from both from users, investors, and, and, and so on. Definitely. Thank you. 
Now, I've been seeing a lot of controversy around BIP 119 and its implementation on Twitter lately. Um, this is a sort of a proposed Bitcoin upgrade. Can you talk a little bit about this news um, in the Bitcoin world and how it compares maybe the cadence of upgrades to Bitcoin as compared to other networks like Stacks? Yeah, so I think it's, it's basically, uh, first of all, like I, I'm personally like not that surprised by the pushback. Like it was, it was almost like expected. Because the way, you know, at least I've observed things in the Bitcoin ecosystem is that even though it's a very decentralized ecosystem uh, and over time, they've kind of like built the muscle to basically reject changes, right? So if you, if you look at kind of like the history of Bitcoin and like the block size wars and other, other types of changes that people wanted to make, uh, the Bitcoin ecosystem actually has a very strong muscle for re rejecting changes, right? And the, the core design of Bitcoin is, is really, really good. So Bitcoin can actually survive or thrive uh, even if it doesn't change like at all, right? If anything, people would argue that that is a property that Bitcoin is valuable because it doesn't change and because it's durable and people can kind of like rely on it. So think of that as a very simple base layer. Uh, but the reality is also that there are, uh, you know, certain um, core developers who have over time Kind of like you know earned a reputation in 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 some of the circles where if if they propose something and some of their other colleagues who you know are also have a reputation uh kind of like back it then generally you know that change or proposal would have a much easier time out there uh than some quote-unquote outsider who comes in Right. So I think Jeremy, like I, 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 I'm like friends with him. I like him. I think his heart is at the right place. Uh, but the challenges were kind of like, you know, you should have expected them, right? Because he's not one of those uh, people, like he's an outsider and he's proposing a change. And, um, and the Bitcoin kind of like, you know, uh, gut reaction of rejecting any change is kicking in, right? And so... Um, that's that's how I uh, kind of like view it. And as far as like you know, Stacks is concerned, um, back in like 2017, when we were looking at the initial design of the of the, the Stacks uh, main chain, uh, it was almost like an explicit design requirement that we cannot even have a single thing in there that requires a BIP at the at the Bitcoin side. Because imagine that you're building this complicated programming layer for Bitcoin, and you go like, you know what? Uh, we will propose this bit, even if it takes years, eventually it will, it will uh, get through. And by the time, you know, uh, the mainnet launches, which we knew would be at least two, three years of work before the mainnet could launch, uh, we will kind of like have this bit approved. And, and I am so glad that we had that design requirement because uh, you, you can't rely, if you're building in the Bitcoin ecosystem, you cannot rely on any changes that you're making to the Bitcoin-based protocol because it might never happen, right? Uh, so it doesn't mean that, you know, Bitcoin will never adopt anything. It recently adopted Taproot. If anything, I think some of the BIP 1119 discussions are now making people wonder that did we even have enough discussions about Taproot because it was coming from a more kind of like, you know, trusted source. Uh, and generally speaking in the Bitcoin ecosystem, I think it had a far easier time getting through and getting adopted. And it's really the only upgrade that has really happened since like 2017 uh, block size wars, right? So uh, I, I think uh, in summary, I think like it's a little bit like if Bitcoin never changes and people, Bitcoin keeps rejecting most of these uh, 
upgrades, um, maybe it's not the end of the world, right? Like because it, Bitcoin is kind of like supposed to be like that. Obviously, it will be great if it can can selectively uh, have you know certain upgrades over time, and that would make life of like a bunch of developers, like the ones in our ecosystem, easier and better. But I don't think it's the end of the world that Bitcoin basically never changes and just remains a very, very simple uh, business. All right. Great. Thank you. Well, thanks everyone for tuning into Stacker Chats. Please make sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and let us know any questions that you have either in the comments below or on Twitter. Thanks, Mindy, for being here, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.